This is Jason Hansen, pastor of Anchor Church. Thank you for jumping onto our sermon podcast. My prayer is that as you listen to this sermon, you're encouraged in your walk with Jesus and that you live for him in all of life. Enjoy the sermon now. I want to share with you guys one of my weaknesses. I'm always okay with just being honest and transparent, all right? But one of my biggest weaknesses is waiting in lines, right? I, maybe you identify, but I, I, I do not like lines. Like yesterday was my birthday, got my free Starbucks. I pulled up. Oh, thank you. Thank you there. Pulled into the, to the parking lot. There was a line in that drive-thru. I'm not waiting in no line, right? I'm going to get on the app, order my thing, and I'll go inside because I don't want to be in a line. Uh, I, one of the things just about me is just how I'm wired. I'm always in a hurry. I'm thinking about the next thing. And, and sometimes it's, it's not great for me, right? Because I'm, I'm, instead of being in the moment, I'm thinking about the next thing. And the biggest place where my weakness is revealed is at Disneyland, <laughs> right? Disneyland lines just kill me. Now, I love that you can pay for the fast pass, right? You get the fast pass, there's, you, you schedule the time you're going to go, and you get to go right to the front. And, and I feel really good. It makes me feel like, like I'm somebody. When I'm passing everybody and they're waiting in line all miserable, and I'm just going right to the front, and I, I'm just kind of smiling like, ha, <laughs> suckers, right? Like, I love to get right in the front. But then I don't want to be the sucker that's waiting in line. Seems like every time I go, uh, you know, I take my family. We will be waiting in line. And no matter how many times we tell the kids, use the restroom, as soon as we get to the front, someone, Sydney, <laughs> has to all of a sudden desperate to use the restroom. So we wait in line forever. Our legs, our backs are hurting. We've been in that line trying to keep the kids from fighting, from swinging on the, the ropes and all that stuff. And then we, gotta, we get to the front, and it's our turn, and we've got to wait another, whatever, 20 minutes. We're waiting again, and that's the worst waiting because now everyone... You see all these people are just passing you, passing you. And, uh, and it just reminds me how much I, I just don't like waiting. Like, I want things now. And maybe that's pr- kind of uh, common for us at, in America, right? We want things that are easy, convenient, instant. We want our Amazon instant delivery. We want everything fast. And, and, uh, and, uh, and we want it to fit our schedule. And... Uh, and so, so I, one of the cool things about this Advent season we're in is it reminds us that we're in a, a season of waiting, right? And, and Advent gives us an opportunity to slow down. And I want to read you a, a, a text that really convicted me uh, about uh, uh, waiting. And uh, Aaron, Pastor Aaron shared this with us. It's a, from a book, Advent, by Tish Harrison Warren. It's really good. It says... Uh, waiting for his, speaking of Jesus, coming in the future, shows me that I often forget how to wait on the Lord. I begin to believe I am the master and maker of my own life. I begin to believe that joy is self-made through my, in, my own ingenuity and hard work. I begin to believe that the things I most long for are within my grasp if I can only master the mad task of controlling my own life. I begin to believe I am the engineer of my own deliverance. And into these fevered deceptions, Advent comes each year. 
and quietly asks me to pause, to remember that we do not bring the kingdom of God to the world through our own effort or our own timeline. We wait for one outside of us, and outside of time, we wait for our coming king. And so I read that, and it's just like, whoa, right? That's me, right? I, I, I don't like to wait, and, and I struggle to wait on the Lord because I want control of my own life. I want my kingdom come and my will be done, right? I, I want to set up my own little earthly kingdom. And, uh, and, and that's the same that's true for most of us, right? We don't like waiting. We want to be in control. We want to be the master. We want things to work according to our will and our schedule. And, and today we're going we're gonna to be reminded that we are in a season, a time as a church of waiting. And we're waiting for the return of King Jesus. So the big idea today is that the king is coming. Are you ready? Right? We're in this season of waiting. And so my hope is for us to remember that Jesus is coming again soon. Right? We don't know the day or the hour. That we can remember that, that we can in our hearts maybe start building some anticipation and longing, right? So that we could set our hope that there's something greater that's coming in the future because Jesus, King Jesus is coming and he's going he's gonna to make all things new. He's going to come back and, and restore and, and bring his kingdom. And so, so we're in this season of waiting, right? The church has been waiting for Jesus to come back for, for 2,000 something years. And it's hard to wait, especially when it's a long time and, and you get distracted. But we're going to read the, uh, a text today and, and, and see and learn from Jesus what he says about waiting and waiting for his kingdom and, and waiting for his return. So open up with me to Matthew chapter 25. We're going to read this. We're going to break it down, see what it means for our lives and what it means for us in this season. Uh, Matthew 25, starting in verse 1. It's, a call, it's the parable of the ten virgins. It says, at that time, right, at a future time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the groom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they didn't take oil with them, but the wise ones took oil in their flasks with their lamps. When the groom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. In the middle of the night, there was a shout. Here's the groom. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise ones, Give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. The wise ones answered, No, there won't be enough for us and for you. Go instead and, and to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. When they had gone to buy some, the groom arrived. And those who were ready went in with them to the wedding banquet. And the door was shut. Later the rest of the virgins came and said, Master, Master, open up for us. He replied, Truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore be alert, because you don't know either the day or the hour. Now, you might ask, okay, we're in the Advent season, we're in the holidays, right? We usually talk about the birth of Jesus at this time. Why are we reading this weird parable, right? Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about Advent. Advent is is part of the traditional church calendar and it's actually the beginning of the church calendar and it's the four it's the first four it's the four Sundays before Christmas 
So that would have been last week, December 3rd. And Advent traditionally is about uh, is anticipating and remembering the, the second coming of Christ. That's how the church traditionally has, has looked at, right, celebrate the, the birth of Jesus, but also look forward to what God is going to do when he returns. I'll, I'll read you this quote uh, from the, it's from Fleming Rutledge, uh, the once and future coming of, of Jesus Christ. Uh, he writes, the Adventist glorificamus, or Christ coming in glory, is the chief and most important focus of Advent. It's also the primary focus of Advent throughout church history. Through this season, we join with the whole historic and global church in waiting for Christ to come and finally set things right. right? So, uh, so Advent is traditionally about right two things. One, remembering the, the first coming of Jesus, his birth, but also anticipating and learning to wait on Jesus, re reminding ourselves that he's coming again and, and learning how to wait well, wait for his coming and, and put our hope in, in that coming, right? It's this, this time where we eagerly anticipate what God is going to do. Just like when we think about those Bible stories of, of, of Mary and Joseph, they're anticipating what, what's God going to do through Jesus. We join them in that as we're waiting for what God's going to do through Jesus when he returns. So this, this text, it, it gives us this imagery about this wedding banquet, right? So there's this wedding. So the virgins here are the part of the wedding party. The groom ha, has, is, is coming to get these virgins to bring them to this wedding feast, this wedding celebration. And we're told that there's, there's five wise virgins and there's five foolish ones, right? They're all waiting. They've been told to wait, be ready. And, and what happens is the five wise ones are ready. They've brought enough oil. The, the foolish ones neglect to bring enough oil for their trip. And so, so when the groom finally arrives, the foolish ones are not ready, right? They have to run off and, and go buy more oil. And so when they finally, when, when the groom comes, the, the, the five wise ones, they, they head into the party, right? This, this great joy, this great celebration. And, and the foolish when they do finally arrive to the party, they arrive late, unprepared, and, and they're not on the guest list, right? I never knew you, right? I can imagine the, 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 you know, the host or whoever's at the door looking at, at, the, at the guest list, and, and they're not on the list. They're not allowed in. So what is this text all about? This text, it tells us at the beginning, right, that the kingdom, uh, that the kingdom will be like this. It says, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like this. And then it tells us this parable. So this, this parable is a parable of the, the second coming of Christ, the return of King Jesus, right? And, and this banquet, this great party that's happening is the, the marriage supper of the Lamb. If, you, if you're familiar with your New Testament, Jesus as, is referred to in the New Testament as the groom, or the bridegroom. So there's a lot of imagery in the New Testament. And, and the church is re, re, referred to as the bride of Christ. Right? So we know that one day Jesus, the, the, the groom, is going to come back for his church. 
and we're going to go into this, this great, it'll be a great rejoicing celebration as we enter in to God's eternal kingdom uh, with him forever, the place where there'll be no more, no more tears and crying and pain and death and evil. It's this glorious, this glorious time. And in Revelations 19, verse 9, it says, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage feast of the Lamb, right? And it gives this beautiful, beautiful picture of this, this feast of, of us uh, celebrating with the Lord Jesus that when he, after he had come back for his church, right? And so the warning here is, is for the church. The warning is for the church to, to be ready, right? Be ready. It even says there, uh, we don't know the day or the hour. You can look at it, right, in, in verse 13. Therefore, be alert. This is for the church. Be alert because you don't know either the day or the hour. We don't know when the groom is going to come back. So we're called to be ready. We, we want to be like the wise, right, Par wedding party and not the foolish one. We want to be prepared for his return because his return is delayed, right? The church has been waiting for a long time for Jesus to come back, and you can almost forget that he is going to come back, right? You can get distracted. We, we can get busy in life and, and, and just have our eyes right through the day-to-day -day of life and, and living life and raising kids and working and paying bills and, right, dealing with the, the difficulties of life, we can forget the good news. And it's great news. It's glorious news. Amazing news that Jesus is going to come back. Right? That's what Advent's about. To remember that. To remember that good news. Stir our hearts for that. Right? Stir our hearts for worship and praise and, and preparation. Right? We don't want to be unprepared. Uh, Philip Graham Ryken, I got a little quote from a, a book called Kingdom Come. He says this, Will you be ready when the time comes? Most people aren't ready because no matter how many warnings are giving, they never listen. Sadly, at the end, there will be nothing they can do to escape disaster. They will not even have time to check their text messages because they never came to Christ while they still had time. They never put their trust in the Savior who suffered rejection and crucifix crucifixion for sinners, whose, whose kingdom comes by the way of the cross. Right? So this text is challenging us to be ready, to be prepared. Right? Again, the king is coming. So I want to ask you, are you ready? Right? Are you ready for the return of the king? Right? What? So what does that mean? Even maybe this, we need to explore this. What does it mean for us to be ready? All right, so I got two points. Readiness means, one, that I'm waiting expectantly. And two, I'm prepared. All right, two points. I'm waiting expectantly, I'm prepared. All right? Now one of the things you're going to notice, you'll notice in this text is that both of the wise and the foolish virgins, right, the wedding party, they all fall asleep, right? So the imagery there is they're waiting, but that doesn't mean they just, right, that they stay up all night, that they stop and, like, just stare out in the distance, right? And, and that, that point for us is that as Christians, as we wait, we, it doesn't mean we just drop everything. We just drop our whole life. We stop living we just sit on a chair and stare into the sky, right? We don't want to do that. 
right? And I think that's, that's what that, that, that image of them falling asleep shows us. We've got to keep living our lives and, and, and raise our kids and live for his kingdom, live for his glory. Tell people about the good news of the gospel, right? Like God's left us here to do stuff. He has a mission and a plan and a purpose for us. And it's not just for us to stop and stare at the sky. He's going to come, I, I swear, next week, right? Uh, but he might. Right? So there's this tension that we live in as God's people where we, we have to live our lives with wisdom and live for, uh, for his will, right? And, but also, uh, so we live like, like, you know what? He might not come. I might not see it in my lifetime, right? Think about how many Christians over the generations have lived anticipating the coming of the Lord and they never see him come. Right? So we have to have this wisdom to live life for the king until he returns. But we also have to have an urgency. There has to be this urgency that he might come later today. Right? So I got stuff to do. Right? I got people I want to tell about Jesus. I got people that I, I love and care about, and I, I want them to come into the party. Here's a... so. Uh, in May, in May of around May 21st, 2011, it was predicted the second coming of Christ was predicted by this guy Harold Camping. He was a Christian radio uh, host, and I don't know if you if you remember this. Some of you might remember. Some of you weren't even born, which drives me crazy. With doing youth, and and I try to remind them of stuff, and they they're like, oh, I wasn't even born yet. All right, thanks a lot. <laughs> But he was predicting the second coming of the Lord, and it was, you know, there was some media buzz about it, and they bought some billboards, and I remember people talking about it. And one day, I was, I was doing Young Life at the time, and there was this uh, Young Life student that showed up with a, a car, a pretty nice car, and I was like, dude, it, it, he had, a, he was a, he, he, him and his brother were being raised by a single mom, so they didn't have much money, and he shows up with this car, and it's a pretty nice car. I'm like, dude, where, where'd you get this thing? And he said, oh, yeah, some guy was telling me that the, Jesus is coming back on May 21st, 2011. He, he swore by it. And, and, and so, so he said, well, if he's coming back, and, you know, why don't you just give me your car then? This kid was crafty. He was smart, right? That was some street smarts right there, right? Some survival skills. And the guy literally gave him his car. Now, imagine how that guy felt on May 22nd, Right? He was probably pretty bummed. And I don't think there was any Uber back then. So <laughs> that's crazy. Um, so he was without a car. So that's, that's why we, we, we can't live that way, right? We do know he's coming, but we can't stop living life. We, so we live with wisdom, but we also live with urgency. So we have to live our life. We have to live our life in a way that we might not see it. Right? We might not. It might not happen. Every every generation's convinced it's right around the corner. I mean, even if you remember, uh, right before the ascension of Jesus, they're, they're staring at the sky, right? And, he's, uh, they're, and they're, the angels have to show up and tell them, "Hey, go, go do what Jesus has told you." Right? So that's what God's people do: wisdom. We live for Jesus. We live for His kingdom. We wait. We anticipate. We live on mission. Right? We serve, we bless people, loving our neighbor, loving the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. But it's also, there should be a, also some urgency stirred in us. I don't know the day or the hour, so I got to get moving. 
I got to get moving. Right? He could come today. So readiness is not just waiting. There's this, right? That's our waiting. Wisdom, urgency. But it's also that I'm, I'm prepared. We have to be prepared for his coming. Right? The, the, the foolish neglect to prepare themselves. He's delayed. So I'm sure it's, he's delayed and know it. You, you, you're waiting so long, you just start to, to think, well, you know, I, maybe he's not going to come anymore. Or, you know, it's never going to happen in my life. They, they lose that sense of urgency. They lose that sense of I have to live with wisdom. And, and uh, so when, so what we need to know is we can't just assume that we're going to get in. And, and I, here's the point in, in that text is when the groom finally does come, right, you see that the, the foolish assume that they can just get some of the oil from the wise, right? They, they assume that they can get in on other people's merit, right? We, we have to be prepared ourselves, right? Our own, we have to know Jesus. We have to have our own personal relationship with the Lord. We can't assume that we can get into the party because we go to church, we can't just assume that we're going to get in because, oh, I grew up in a Christian family or because I tried to be a good person. I, I read my Bible sometimes, right? You can't just be unprepared and just assume I'm going to be on that guest list, right? The, the book of life when, when the, the groom returns, when Jesus returns. So Jason shared with me this illustration. Uh, there's this actress, Julianne Moore. Some of you may know her. Some of you may not, it doesn't matter if you don't know her, but she recently uh, got a dual citizenship for the United Kingdom. And so she was, I saw this clip of a video, she was on an interview, and she was telling this cool story that the, the, we, the weekend that she became a, a dual citizen of the UK, uh, the Prince, uh, let me see what his name, William and Kate, I was thinking the other one, William and Kate were in town, and there was this party, a garden party that they had planned and so it just happened to happen is this party's happening. She becomes a citizen, and all of a sudden, she was invited to it, right? She went from being invited, right, on the guest list, citizen of the United Kingdom, right? Uh, she went from being uninvited to invited, right? She got in because she became a citizen. She got on the list, right? It, it was... She, was, she couldn't get on the list any other way but for her, uh, you know, becoming a citizen. And that's the same thing with us, right? We get in not because our parents, not because we go to church. We get in because we have a relationship with the king, because we are citizens of his kingdom, because we're children of God, right? That is very important for us to to not just assume, and I'm, I'm telling, I'm, I'm even, I'm always encouraging our anchor youth to, to make sure you check that your faith is your own, that you have your own personal relationship with God, that you, it's not just your parents' faith, that you're, it's not just your family's faith. You have to know Jesus to get in on the list. And so, we don't want to get right, have the groom, Jesus, return. And have them tell us, I never knew you, right? We don't want to make that mistake. We want to be prepared. 
And that's what Jesus, when he came on the, uh, on the scene, and he began, began, began proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, the first thing he said is, and I'm going to read you Mark 1.15, he says, the kingdom of God is at hand, right? The kingdom of God has come in Jesus because he's the king. And he tells us, repent and believe in the gospel, right? That's the first thing he says. He, he literally just tells us how to be prepared. Repent and believe in the gospel, right? So are you ready? Are you prepared? Have you repented? Now, repent is a weird word. It's a really strange word. It's, uh, I've only ever seen it in the Bible. But what that word means is, is turn around, right? Turn around. Turn to Jesus. Uh, in our culture, you, you may have heard this, right? That there's this kind of idea in our American culture that all paths lead to God, right? That all the religions lead to the same God. Just be a good person, and every path leads to God. But what the scripture says is the truth, the reality is that all paths lead away from God. That's the truth, right? Every path is going away from God. And there's only one path, right? There's only way, one way to heaven, and it's through Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. So when we repent, we're all heading down all, all those paths away from God, right? And so repenting is I'm turning around, and I'm getting on the one path that leads to the king, that leads to Jesus. Right? That's repentance. I'm, I'm going away from God. I'm, I'm doing my own thing. Maybe I'm in another religion. Maybe I'm just trying to be a good person and live my life, but I don't know God. Maybe I'm rebelling against God, and I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with some substance abuse, or I'm, I'm harming people. I mean, it could be anything, right? It could be from being a great person to, the, to a horrible person. All those paths are leading away from God. And no one is good in reality is what the scripture says. No one is good except for God. So all those paths, and then we turn, we repent, and we turn to God. And we get on the path, the one path through Jesus that leads to God. And then it says, believe. Right? Believe. Put our faith and trust in Jesus. And, and belief in the, in, the, in, the, in scriptures is, belief is not just an intellectual belief or an intellectual knowledge. In the book of James, we're told that the demons believe in God and they shudder, right? The demons believe in God. Satan believes in God. He knows God's real. He's chosen to rebel against God, right? The demons know who God is. If you remember when Jesus was walking on earth, whenever he was confronted with, with the demon, they, they knew him, right? They just didn't, they didn't believe in a way that was faith and trust. They didn't repent from their sins. They didn't, they didn't put their trust in God and follow him with their life. And so belief is, is not just I intellectually know it. Yeah, I believe it's true. But I know God. I have a relationship with him. Right? He's, he's put his Holy Spirit in my life. I've, I have a sense of his, his grace and mercy in my life. He's changed me and, and he's changing me. And, and I'm still falling short. I'm still sinning. You know, I'm struggling. I'm trying to, trying to keep following God. And guess what? I repent every day and I keep following him. I, I keep receiving his grace and his mercy and, and walking on that path. So the, one of the gr great things about the gospel is it's not a 
do better, try harder, clean up your life. Right? The gospel just says, turn and believe. And then God transforms us. God's the one that he accepts us as we are, but doesn't leave us as we are. He's the one that does the work. Right? So we repent, believe, trust in him. It's, Jesus doesn't say, no, no, no. Go, go get your stuff together before you come to me. No, he receives us and he transforms us. And that, that's the great news. So repent and believe and you will be ready. You will be ready. And then live with wisdom and urgency, anticipating that he's going to come. Right? Remember. And, and then the, here's the thing that happens when you, when you know him, when you're prepared, his coming, it's glorious. It's exciting that Jesus is going to come and, and do away with evil and sin and death, right? We're told that there'll be no more pain, no more crying. He's going to wipe every tear from our eye. The, the dwelling place of God will be with man, will we'll be with him forever. And so if you're prepared, that, that's amazing news that he's going he's gonna to re- renew and restore this creation. And, and, and that's what we should anticipate, right? And so, so those of you, maybe, maybe you're in the season of difficulty, right? Maybe you're going through some hardships. I know some of us are, are dealing with some grief and some loss, and it's painful, and we're living in a fallen world, and life is hard, and some of us are dealing with sickness and, and aging and, and the difficulties of, of raising children and, and trying to find jobs and pay our bills, and, and life, life's hard. But we have hope. We have something great and exciting to look forward to. And oh, we might not ever see it in our life, you know, but it, it's coming. And even if we don't see it, like he doesn't come in our lifetime, when we pass away, we're right there with the Lord for all of eternity. So it's great news. That's the good news of this season, right? Jesus is coming, right? One day, all this struggle will be no more. Uh, 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 just, just ponder that for a second, right? Just think about your life. Think about your struggles, right? Well, what are you going through, right? Stressed out, anxious, fearful, right? Hurting. Jesus is coming back. He's going to put an end to all that stuff. So it's great news, and and and, it, and it's at the same time it's it's terrifying. If you don't know God. So we need to get be prepared. We need to get ourselves right with the Lord and, and keep waiting and anticipating and praying and living for him and, and living with wisdom and anticipating his return. So I want to talk about this. How do we how do we live this out? What does this this mean for us? I got two two ways, th- two live it out points that I want to give you. And the first one is. I want us to build anticipation for the coming king. This is what Advent is about, right? Is this building of, ad, ad, uh, of anticipation. And this is our purpose, purposely biblical value as a church, right? We want to live according to the scripture, right? We want to live and do what God says. And, and so I want to encourage you this holiday season to to do things that build anticipation for the coming of the king. Don't, don't just get so busy, 
Don't get so caught up, right? I don't like waiting, right? I don't like waiting, right? Get better at waiting for the Lord, right? Build anticipation. There's things that we can do to build meditation. Anticipation, it's prayer, meditation, get a journal, right? Things that slow you down and, and have to put your, your heart and mind on the Lord, right? Read, read a good book. Uh, read your scriptures. In the book of Matthew, there's all these amazing parables about the coming kingdom. You can read through that, right? Do things that are going to draw you near to the Lord, slow you down, and anticipate that great hope, the great hope that we have for the return of the king. I have some uh, suggested readings for you. Just three things. I think we're gonna. Have, yeah, we have them up on the screen. Uh, there's that book, Advent: The Season of Hope. It's a it's a great book. I've been I've been listening to it on Hoopla. You can get the audio for free on Hoopla. I highly suggest you get that. Get it, no cost. Uh, and you can you got to get Hoopla. You got to get access to Hoopla through a, a library card. So go get a library card, get Hoopla. All right. Another thing is that Kingdom Come book. I've been reading that for for years. Kind of every year, I've been I, I I end up going through that book, and it's just a great book to to give you that wisdom on what it looks like to live anticipating the return of the king, right? So that book is great at giving you that wisdom and that urgency, right? How do I live knowing that Jesus is coming soon? Great book. Read, read that with your family, right? And the other thing is, a good news of great joy, John Piper. It's, a, it's an easy little, you can get the free PDF download if you Google it. And it's just great little devotions that I've been, again, doing those pretty much every year. Super helpful. But they're all things you can do alone with your family to help us, to remind us. There's something greater coming, right? There's something more exciting than, sorry to ruin this for you, but then Santa Claus, right? There's something better than Santa Claus. He's going to give you a little, yeah, that's fun. That's okay. That's fun. I'm not trying to ruin, you know, ruin Christmas. But there's something greater, better gift right? There's something eternal that is coming. All right, so do that. The, number two, I want to encourage you to shine the light of the king. That's our relentlessly outward value. Shine the light of the king, right? Like, think about this. We are in, we're in this holiday season. You're at a ton of parties. You're at a, a work of work parties, uh, church parties, just endless amount. Family, everyone's getting together. You know, you're going to have opportunity to shine the light of Christ, right? Even, even that even image of having your, your lamp ready to shine the light of Christ, to shine the way to Christ. And, and, uh, and another thing about this season is people are more open to being invited to church. You know, especially the, the Christmas Eve. Like, people are open your neighbors are more open. People are, are more willing to, to come to church. and So take advantage of that and, and invite people. Maybe there's someone that you've been inviting and they keep telling you, no, maybe give them another invite. But remember that. And, it's, and here's one of the things about waiting, right? We're waiting for the return of the king. This is literally why we are here on earth right now. All right, think about this. Why didn't Jesus just... Take his disciples with him. Why didn't he just bring the kingdom all at once right there? He doesn't do that, right? He doesn't do that. Instead, what he does is he, he says, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you into the world, right? He, sent, he leaves his people on earth. He, 
on the world, in the world. He forms a church for his mission, right? He says, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded to you. He tells us, hey, you're ambassadors here on earth, the scriptures tell us, right? That we're representatives of another kingdom. Why has God left us here? He's left us here to shine the light of the king. Check, check out 1 Peter 3, 9, uh, 2 Peter 3.9. I want to read this for you as we wait. It says here, the Lord does not delay his promise, right? As some understand delay, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. So, right, so God has left us in the world, and we're waiting for his return, but he, he is not delayed, right? It's not like God is up in heaven and, and forgot about it, right? He didn't oversleep his alarm. He didn't, right, get so busy with other stuff that he forgot about us, right? He's not late. That's another thing that's important about waiting on the Lord is God's not late right? He's, 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 he's waiting. He's patient because he doesn't want anyone to perish, right? So he's left his people. He's left his church here to, to spread the good news of the king, to declare that Jesus is coming again one day, to declare what, what he's done for us, how he died for us on the cross, how he's transformed our life, and, and, and then shine the light through our of Christ through the way we live, through the way we love people, the way we interact with people, the way we forgive people. God has us here for that very purpose. That is why the church is here. That is why we're here today worshiping God today. Right? Think about it. For thousands of years, God's people have heard that call to shine the light of Christ, to spread the good news of the, the coming King. They've, they've, they've lived with with wisdom and urgency, declaring the name of Jesus, and, and people's lives have been transformed, and they've, and they've come to Christ, and, they, and then we all keep doing that, and more people hear about Jesus, and, and that's what we're here for. That is our sole purpose on earth, right? To love God and, and love our neighbor. We're loving God by loving our neighbor. We're loving God by sharing the good news of the King. So I want to encourage you this season to remember Right, why you're here, part of waiting, part of living uh, with wisdom, part of living with urgency is sharing the good news of the king. That's what we're going to do, right? Uh, and, and I think that's what this text is, is preparing us to do, not just to, it's not just a, again, like I said, the, they don't just sit and wait, right? The, there's things to do, and and another thing is, if you look at, if you just look at this text, and you just look at all the stuff that's around it, right before this text, we have, uh, it talks about faithful service to Christ, right? And then it, then it talks about this parable. And then the next two parables, the next one is the parable of the talents, which talks about using what God has entrusted you, your talents, which would be our gifts our time, our money, our energy, everything we have to, to glorify him, right? To serve God. And then the text after that is, is about uh, the king talking about caring for the least of these, right? The, the hurting, the poor, the, the hungry, the strangers, right? Those who are in prison, I mean, it's, it's right there. You can go read these texts. Like God, that, that's all surrounding 
this parable. So when God leaves us on this earth in this time of waiting, it's not just to stare at the sky. Wisdom, again, wisdom and urgency. We're shining the light of the king. That's our sole purpose. That's, that's our identity. That's our mission. That's what we do with our lives. Don't, as you wait, don't get distracted. Right? Don't get so caught up in the world that you miss that. Right? We have an important role to play. And, and that's a, it's a, it's a great blessing, right, that God is going to use us, that God's going to use us to, to bring people into the great party, the great wedding feast of his kingdom when he returns, that God's going to use us to, to see people's lives transformed, right, to see people uh, go being restored and relationships being restored and bring healing and hope and love into this, this dark, dark world. That's what we're here for, sure. Shine your light this holiday season. Shine the light. Now, part of uh, preparedness is living out our faith in the fallen and, and fallen world. And so the king is coming. So I, I just ask you again, are you prepared? Are you prepared? I want to, Van can kind of come up. I want to just do this for a little bit. Is just challenge us to slow down and, and think about this, right? We have this great calling. We have this great mission. We can live with wisdom. We can live with, but what does it look like if we start waiting, anticipating the return of the king and doing that, doing that well? All right, what, what, might, what might the Lord do? What might the Lord do in our, in our hearts, in our lives? Well, I think one of the things is we can have hope and peace and joy in the middle of the chaos of this world, right? The, the scripture, James 1, 2 says, consider pure joy when you face trials of many kind. Because you know the testing of your faith uh, develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so you be, may be mature and complete, not lacking anything, right? So God leaves us in this world and we're going to have trials. We're going to have difficulty. But he says, consider it joy, right? How do we have joy? How do we have hope? How do we have peace in this world? It's, it's because the king is coming back. He's coming. And he's coming soon. We don't know the day or the hour, but he's coming. This won't be, it won't be like this forever. There's hope. There's healing. God is working for our good in the midst of a broken world. God is, right? You can look at the world and think, man, where is God? Right? He hasn't abandoned us. He hasn't left us. He's got a plan. And, he's, and God is moving at the same time in the middle of this broken world. God's bringing hope and light and love. And so we can anticipate the future. That's our hope. That's a great hope. right? The whole creation is, is groaning with pains of childbirth. But we're looking forward to that glorious day. We're looking forward to that. Another thing is we can have assurance. We can have assurance of our own faith. We can have assurance that I know God and I know he loves me and I know that nothing can separate me from his love. Right? I can know that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Right? That he loves me and he forgives me and I fail and I, and I make mistakes and I sin and I'm not, God's not going to say, you know what? Forget you. He's not going to 
take the list and take our name off that list. Like nothing can separate us from that. So we can have that, live with that assurance of that day and, and put our hope in that day and, that, and knowing that when he does return, that's a glorious day. And I'll be on the list. But I also think it'll, it'll live, help us to learn, live with wisdom. Wisdom these days. We need a lot of wisdom. It's, it's confusing times. Right? What, what is life all about? What am I, what's my purpose in this world? What am I to do? And to remembering, putting our eyes on Jesus, anticipating his return helps us. Helps us wait well. Be ready. Be prepared. So let's do that this holiday season. Let's do that even as we worship today, right? To put our hearts and our minds and, and begin to build anticipation during, during this, this Advent season. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, I, I just thank you, Lord, that you are coming back. You have not forgotten about us. Your return is not delayed, that you have a plan and a purpose, Lord. You're returning you're going to make all things new. It's a glorious hope that we have. Thank you that we can trust that you will return because we can look back and see that you kept your promises. You promised that one day you would send a, a savior, a messiah, and you did send your son Jesus into this world who loved us and gave his life for us and three days later rose from the grave can have that confidence that you will come back again because we see that you've always been faithful you've always kept your promises and so we trust you lord draw near to us help us wait in jesus name amen i really hope that you were encouraged by the sermon today you can learn more about us at anchorchurchgilbert.com. We'd love to have you join our mailing list. You can do that on the website. If you have any questions for us about who Jesus is, please let us know through our website. I hope that you were encouraged.